just a moment, we're going to uh, <coughs> conclude with our year in review. I wanted to just share very briefly, very briefly, just a look back and a look at where we're going. And, and here's the verse I want to just remind us of as we think about the last year, 2014. Here's the verse. And the highway shall be there, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it. It shall belong to those who walk on the way. Isaiah 35.8. We spent all last year talking about the pursuit of holiness. Let me just remind you. I'll just give you. That there were six key lines that came to my mind. I'm just going to take a moment on each of these. Number one, we must understand holiness. When something's holy, it's sacred. What does it mean to be sacred? It means something that God has set apart for a specific purpose. So if you say, you know what, that building is sacred, that means that it has a special purpose. And so if your life is sacred, if your life is going to be holy, that means that God has set apart your life for a special purpose to be lived in a specific way. And so as we pursue holiness, we must, what we need to understand is that we are pursuing the design that God has uniquely for our lives. We must understand holiness. Number two, we must see God's holiness. You know, the Bible says there are creatures in heaven that day and night never stop saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. For those of you who don't like repetition in songs, I got bad news for you. There is repetition. These creatures, day and night, holy, holy, holy. You know, when, when you're excited about something, you say, you might say thank you to someone. If you're really thank you, you might go, thank you, thank you. If, if you're really excited, you might say, thank you, thank you, thank you. God is so holy that these creatures never tire of saying, holy, holy, holy. God, you are so holy. They just keep saying that over and over, day and night. That's how holy God is. God is holy, and our culture is living out Romans 1. We have denied the holiness of God. We have, we have refused to acknowledge him for who he is and thus give thanks to him and honor him. And so we're reaping. God has given us over in this culture to our own passions, and we all see that every day. Here's number three. We must hunger for this holiness. We must long for it. You know, there are, and there may be some of you here who are going, you know, I know I should live the Christian life, but I think there's some good stuff out there too, and I, I kind of want to walk the fence because I, I kind of want to get the best of both worlds. You're not going to experience holiness with that kind of an attitude. You have got to hunger for it. You've got to desire it with, with all of your heart and all of your being. You've got to, you know, it's like the, the psalmist in Psalm 73. He says, you know, I, I was looking around at the arrogant, and uh, I'll quote now, I was envious of the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. They seem to be healthy and happy. I seem to have more problems and struggles than they do. Then he realized that one day, in a moment, they will be destroyed. That they'll wake up, and their lives will be like a dream. They'll wake up, and they thought they had it made without God. That'll just be a dream. They'll realize they had nothing. And so Jesus reminds us, you know, to, to, to hunger to him is like when you're, you're going through a, tr a field and you find a treasure, and it's worth, like, billions of dollars. 
And so you go home, you sell your house, you know, you sell everything you have, you cash it all in because it doesn't matter. This, this thing is so valuable. Jesus said, when you see me that way, when you desire holiness in that way, then, then you'll, you'll, you'll really seek in your heart to walk this road. Here's number four. We must mortify our flesh if we're going to walk on that road. We talked about that. Some of us don't think we're as sinful as other people. You know, there's a Jeffrey Dahmer in you. Did you know that? Did you know that your flesh is, is just as fleshly and just as sinful in nature as anyone else's? It just manifests itself in different ways. And maybe God got a hold of you in your life, and so he saved you from a lot of that. And some of you think that you're worse. Some of you think that your sinfulness is special. That you walk in here and if people, if people knew the thoughts you had and the people know, if they knew how unspiritual you were, they would be horrified. I got news for you. Everybody has those thoughts. Everybody is just as sinful as everybody else. The sinful nature is sinful <clears throat> to the core. We all have that. We all deal with that. We talked about John Owen who reminded us that the daily duty of every Christian, the daily duty is to mortify the flesh. There's not one of us in here that isn't one day away from being pretty sinful. And so that's a daily thing. You know, mature people in Christ, they haven't transformed their flesh. They just learned to crucify it. They've learned to allow the Spirit of God to live through them. And so we see this. Here's number five. We must repent of the idolatry in our lives. You were made to worship. You will worship something. God put that within you. An idol is when you worship anything in the universe other than God. Very simple. To be involved in idolatry is to not give God preeminence in your life. So whenever you don't do that, it doesn't matter what it is, doesn't matter how good it looks, when you do that, we are involved in what the Bible calls idolatry. So we're on this, God's called us to this highway of holiness. There are all kinds of advertisements and exits off of this, and we're always tempted to get off this highway of holiness in our culture, and we need to repent of that idolatry in our lives. We looked at all those idols. And then we got to the end, and very, 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 I said it three times, very, very, very important truth. We must experience the abiding presence of Christ. Talked about the fact you cannot just remove idols. You can't just remove them. You have to replace them. If you just remove it, something else will come in. You have to replace it, and it has to be replaced with the abiding presence of Christ. That's the only way to find power to live a holy life. If you don't do that, if you try and take on the challenge that you're going to live a holy life and you don't do it by experiencing the abiding presence of Christ, I guarantee you, you will be frustrated, you will be discouraged, and, and you will fail. Why is that? Because Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. Jesus said, without my Father, I can do nothing. If Jesus couldn't do anything without his Father, what makes us think we can live out the Christian life without him? And so we talked all about that. I said at the beginning that that truth 
the abiding presence of Christ beyond the truth of the gospel that saved you is the, I think, the single most transforming truth in all the Bible. And so my challenge to you as we leave 2014, as we leave 2014 and move into this next year, is to, is to take the time that you need to experience this abiding presence of Christ because that's where the power to live out the Christian life will come from. It will come from him to you. So you need to take time to be holy. There's an old hymn that says, take time to be holy. Remember, God does not want you to live your life for him. He wants you to live your life through him. Big difference. Don't just live your life for him. Live your life through him. Experience his abiding presence. Well, that's 2014. As we, as we now look ahead, and I'm just going <clears> to <throat> say this in conclusion, we're going to look at the story. I, I'm excited about the story. Uh, Shakespeare said this, all the world's a stage. And all the men and women merely players. They have their exits and entrances, and one man in his time will play many parts. There's a biblical truth to that. Because there's nothing that happens outside of history that doesn't happen on God's stage. God is writing history. God is inviting us to be a part of that. And so in these next, uh, over these next several months, we are going to we're going to look at this story that God's writing. We're going to understand from that story, we're going to understand why we're here. We're going to understand why there's so much evil and suffering in the world. God is going to answer a lot of the questions we have in our lives as we look at this story. And so I just invite all of you to, uh, to join with me in anticipation of that. Well, this morning we're going to, we're going to conclude, and then as soon as we're done... Uh, right at 1130 you're going to be invited to go right through the doors we have potluck and uh, just a special time together sharing around the table and so as soon as we're done we'll, we'll move right into that I want to thank Dave uh, Kudla for putting together our, our year in review again this year it takes a lot of work to do that he does such a great job and so I just invite you to enjoy this, uh, this year in review today
almost makes you just really look forward to 2015, doesn't it? Because God's going to be faithful again as he's been faithful in the past. Thank you, everyone, who uh, is a part of the church and uh, what God is doing. And uh, it's only going to get better. Let's stand, and uh, we'll be dismissed. When we're done, I invite you to go right through the double doors and invite us for uh, a special potluck dinner today. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness. Father, what really touches our hearts are the people, the, the faces, the, the love that you have for people. And Father, the, the joy that comes to our heart as we see uh, people knowing you and, and coming into that place where you can bless their lives and where, Father, you have, you have called us together through a covenant of love, an unconditional covenant, and, uh, Father, we, we often fail, we confess, to fulfill our part of that covenant, but you are faithful. And, Lord, it is our desire to respond in faithfulness to you. Lord, may you enable us this year to do that. And, Lord, may we just see a great harvest of righteousness in this coming year. Lord, we give you praise today. We pray now that you bless this uh, time, this dinner we share together. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.